Hello and welcome to Rebounding Faith. I'm Gina Ferrari. I'm Kristen Corona. And I'm Catherine Baer. When walking in faith seems impossible and you can't see the purpose in your pain, we are here to help you find hope in the struggle. Welcome to Rebounding Faith. My name is Catherine and I am joined by Gina and Kristen. Yes, my love. The usual. Yeah, the usual. Um, We are the usual partners in crime. No, just kidding. The three Um, amigos. The three amigos. Yes. Yeah, amigos. (laughs) Yes. So today, or the three stooges. Yes, <laughs> we should we should think how many threes we can think of, right? Yeah. Um, so today we are going to be talking about something a little unusual, actually. It's something I saw when I was uh, reading through Scripture in Acts, and it just really stuck out to me. And the idea is the the concept of surrender. But prior to surrender, it's the idea of kicking against the goads, and that's spelled G-O-A-D-S, not goats like the animal, but goads. We're not doing goat yoga. Yeah, goat yoga, goad (laughs) yoga. Goat yoga. (laughs) So so anyway, so we recognize that God uses many, many tools in our lives to help guide us and get us to surrender, but one today in particular is the goad. And so I want to talk about what a goad is. But first, I want to ask, prior to this, Gina and Kristen, have you ever heard that term before? I have heard the term to goad someone on. Mm. I I don't even know that I knew what it meant, but I I felt like it had the... um, Uh, implication of like really pushing hard, like Mm -hmm. pushing somebody hard to do something. Yeah. Interesting, which is kind of along the lines of what what it is. How about you, Kristen? I thought it meant like annoying. Goad? Yeah. Mm. Like annoy? Yeah, which is totally off topic. But (laughs) yeah, when I was looking at it, I was like, huh, Mm. interesting. She wants to talk yes. about being annoying. I want to talk yes. about being annoying. <laughs> well, it's, we yeah. can spend hours talking about that. Something. Yeah. yeah. So it's God's way of telling us we're annoying. <laughs> is what you're saying. Okay. So really a goad is, again, it comes straight out of Acts 26, 14. And it is when Paul is retelling his story to King Agrippa about when he was on the road to Damascus, when Jesus spoke to him and changed the course of his life. So Acts 26, 14 says, we all fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And that is the NIV version. So kicking against the goads, that just stopped me in my tracks. And I wanted, I felt very prompted and led to dig into what that is. So A goad was made of slender pieces of timber, and it was blunt on one end and pointed on the other. And farmers used this tool to really point the pointed end to urge a stubborn ox uh, or livestock into motion. Hmm. So it was a useful tool. Prod them. Prod them along. Because they were being annoying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Uh, That works too. And for uh, their coworkers. So, uh, but anyway, so occasionally though, the beast would kick back at the goad. And the more the ox would kick, the more likely the goad would stab into the flesh of its leg, causing Mm. this animal great pain. So, 
really, I think that's so interesting to think the more it would fight back, the more injury that it would sustain. So, so the matter it got at being prodded yeah. and kicked back, it yeah. actually ended up injuring himself. Right. Yeah. Really yeah. interesting. And the Romans actually uh, went on to say that this means ruinous resistance, which mm-hmm. is sounds very Roman. Mm-hmm. Um, with all the R's and the way that they <laughs> looked at things. But an interesting fact in Hebrew is ox goad means, literally means the thing that teaches, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting. So symbolically speaking, a goad can be a situation, right, which we're going to talk about today, and and God's word. So Ecclesiastes 12.11 says... Uh, where it states God's words are, quote, like goads, like firmly embedded nails to prod us. And that's NIV. Yeah. So, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on that and the interpretation and the definition? I don't want to be goaded. Yeah. Yeah. Right. To goad someone on. Yeah. And I certainly don't want to kick against one. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. I know, right? Like, it it can sound really, um, really intimidating. So... Mm. So to apply this then and think about kind of going a little bit deeper with Jonah and Paul in scripture. So I think about Jonah and the book of Jonah and how he was actively running away and resisting the call on his life to go to Nineveh. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of you, just to sum up the story, the Ninevites were um pretty awful they were evil yeah Uh evil they were probably akin to um maybe uh what do you think Gina? like maybe a isis type of you know terrorist Mm -hmm. right yeah that are performing great acts of Of evil of evil um yeah so so he was called to go to them and warn them if they didn't turn from those ways that God was going to essentially take measures to uh, discipline them. So Jonah didn't like that idea. So he was willfully disobedient and he didn't feel that these people deserved God's mercy. And he was not going to be the one that was going to deliver that message. So, yeah, so he had uh, some serious willful disobedience going on. So, He, what I cracked up, because when I was reading this, it just spoke volumes to me about how he found a ship to take him somewhere else, but he obviously had to pay for his fare, right? So after paying his uh, ship fare, however you term it, he boarded the boat for Tarsus. So Which was as far in the opposite direction as you could get from where God asked him to go. (laughs) Right. And it just cracks him that he paid to do that. So it's like he really now was more than invested. He Mm -hmm. was going to now pay money (laughs) to be willfully disobedient. And so it got me thinking, this isn't even getting to the goad part, but it got me thinking about how we each pay in a different way mm. when we are disobedient. It may not be, you know, a fare to get on to board a ship, but it could be we could pay in terms of our peace. We could pay in yeah. terms of, you know, our relationship with God. We could pay in terms of just our physical health because we're um, unwilling to let something go. Yeah. So when we are not being obedient, we talk a lot about this 
um, in previous episodes, and one in particular is the Red Umbrella, where we really, that's a great episode. We encourage you guys to go back and listen to that if you haven't heard of that uh, episode yet. But we talk specifically in there about courage um, and what that looks like. And um, really, courage is obedience in action. And so um, so here we have disobedience in action. In action. Yeah. <laughs> and we have Jonah paying the fare and boarding the boat. And so basically, we don't know his motive. We don't know. We know that he didn't want to have mercy and that message given to these people. But it could have been anger. It could have been fear. We don't know. But either way, he was actively running and he was invested now yeah. in actively running um, from God and God's call. And that's Jonah 1.3 that, that references that. So what was the outcome for Jonah? He ultimately surrendered and well, he yeah. got thrown overboard. Oh yeah. So so, so he paid to get thrown oh, yeah. <laughs> overboard. Yes. After getting he worse. Got yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, you know, the other thing is not only did he pay to get on that ship, but then he went down below and fell asleep in the roughest storm and seas. So he was like committed. Yeah. I am getting to Tarsus. <laughs> if even if I've got to sleep through the storm and pay to do it, I'm getting there. Yeah. So it just gosh, I relate to that because mm-hmm. so much you want to impose your own will at any cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're talking to the control freak yeah. over here. I, she was looking right at me when she said that. I know you guys can't see us, but yes, I'm like yeah. nodding my yeah. head. I'm Kristen, like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I probably would have paid double or triple what Jonah yes. paid to get on that yeah. boat. <laughs> Not just stowing away. Yeah. No, paying the big right. bucks. To right, get on right. The run. Yeah, first class. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, yeah, so he ultimately surrendered and, you know, he had Thanksgiving, which I thought was really interesting to give thanks to God after all this. Once he was thrown overboard and swallowed by the big fish, as scripture says. Um, but once he did that, and I love this verse in Jonah 2, 9, he says, but I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What have I vowed? I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. So if you look at that and you really dive into that verse, he has thanksgiving but he, there, he implies a sacrifice. There is mm-hmm. some sort of sacrifice to do God's will. And so that sacrifice could come in the form of releasing your own will, right? And giving that up. It could be maybe um, going without for a time or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we just have to accept that there is going to be a sacrifice involved. But after that, there is a commitment, what I have vowed, I will make good. So think about that. There's thanksgiving, there's sacrifice, there's commitment. And lastly, following those three things, there's salvation. Salvation comes from the Lord. Mm-hmm. I love that. What do you think, Kristen? That I think that's really powerful. And, you know, we were talking about this before, and I think it's worth noting. Um, you, you know, there's there's stories that I've read in the Bible that are just really hard for me to grasp, and, and this is always one of them, mm-hmm. right? Like, Jonah got swallowed by a whale. Like, now... Um, Gina did just inform us, and I missed this on the news, that <laughs> someone got swallowed by a whale recently. Yes. Um, so I guess it's possible, point proven. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 
I do think I, I've heard different pastors explain this, that like there's stories in the Bible that some people believe are metaphors or more parables. Mm-hmm. And some people believe it to be factually true. And I think regardless of where you fall on that yeah. spectrum, whether you think this is a story that's representative of something else, w- what's really relatable is what's happening with Jonah. Yeah. Right. And the story that you're telling of feeling like you're being called to do something that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And you're actually going through very extreme measures to run away from right. that. To not do it. To not yeah. do it. Yep. To to then be in the dark and be wrestling with God, which we've talked about a lot. And then like to kind of work through that mm-hmm. and get to a place where you have vowed to make good and yeah. then salvation comes from that. Like that, that I can get behind, yes. right? Like that yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. So I just think it's important to know in case there's people out there that are like, what, this again? Yeah. Like the story is very relevant yes. to how um, I know I've made decisions in my life that haven't necessarily benefited me mm-hmm. or my walk in my faith. Right. And to recognize that there's a sacrifice mm-hmm. involved in that. Yeah. And so it's Thanksgiving, sacrifice, a vow or commitment and then then comes salvation and then immediately following this uh god commanded the fish to vomit jonah out on i love that vomit jonah out onto dry land Mm -hmm. so he's ready you know he's ready for that and so um i i look at that those steps and i i think about that and and the goads you know that Jonah probably was experiencing and think about that. Like God gave him an opportunity before they threw him overboard, Mm -hmm. you know, when the seas were getting rougher and rougher, but he was asleep. How many times are we asleep to the goads too? And we're just not paying attention or we're choosing to ignore them. Yeah. That it's not happening. So I don't think that it goes straight to the whale, you know, and that's it. No, it's and an escalation just, yes. of like, are you listening? Are you yes. listening? I'm are you listening? Louder. Are I'm you listening? Louder. Are you listening? Yeah. Like, and it was almost like necessary for it to get that extreme in order to resonate with Jonah. Mm-hmm. And that is very real. I know for myself, mm-hmm. if I think back to different things in my life. Yeah. Well, I'm Absolutely. sure too, when he was in the belly of the big fish for three days in the darkness, mm-hmm probably thought he was going to die. Yeah. And, you know, he could have been obedient or he might have lost his life is what he's probably thinking in that time. Imagine the things going through your mind in that kind of darkness yeah. for three days. Oh, yeah. You know, why didn't I just listen? Yeah. You well, know? we talk about it like fear versus faith. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. that's the example. Like right. that's your choice. You're either right. going to be obedient or you're going to die. Like, here's your choice. It did get to pretty extreme measures in Mm -hmm. order for him to start thinking that way. But I believe so. When he got vomited out, I'm sure he was thankful. Yeah. But I mean, it just, you know, that as we talk about that escalation, I mean, if you read the story, I mean, the shipmates and the sailors and stuff that are on the boat, right? The ones that are used to these storms are terrified. Yeah. They're throwing everything over Overboard. the boat just to try and, and steady the boat. And he knew it was him. Yeah. And Jonah he didn't come forward. it was him. Until yeah. the captain came down and <laughs> yeah. found him. Right. And then Hiding. he has to admit, yeah, yeah, throw me over. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. Boy, what a day going through that and then overboard into the ocean, you know. But that's so scary in itself. I mean, he must have thought when you throw me overboard, I'm going to drown. Right. 
you know. So sometimes a rescue in the middle of that is a big whale, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. That's the salvation. Yeah. So I just see this repetitively, repetitively in Jonah's story. Yeah. yeah. And um, but for him to get to the place of Thanksgiving, his heart was right, mm-hmm. and then to vow and to commit, his heart was right, mm-hmm. and yet it took all of that to get him there. So yeah. when we talk about the goads. I mean, that had to have hurt Jonah somewhat. Like there was some suffering and some sacrifice yeah. involved in that. And so, you know, we think about our lives and the escalation and the goads in our life before we will surrender. God knows what it's going to take to get us to that place. And I also think of it as an action, a love action, which sounds crazy, but it is something where God loves us that much. He loves us so much to not allow us to succeed in the wrong thing, what isn't best for our lives. And he has so, to discipline us yeah. at times. Unfortunately, you know? it's that side of the goad that is the pointy side, yeah. right? I have this crazy story that just came to my head, mm-hmm. so I'm feeling like compelled to yes. say it because that's what I do. I just <laughs> say what's on my mind. Um, yes. So there's this story, and Gina, you were, you were telling a similar-ish story earlier, but... Um, I've only really ever had two like real boyfriends in my life. So Mm -hmm. one's my husband today that started Mm -hmm. off as my boyfriend. But when I was um, finishing high school all through college and then after I had a boyfriend and I thought we were going to get married like this was my guy. And to your point around like when when God wants the story to be different, Mm -hmm. like it it will happen, right? And the way that this breakup started to go down was in the form of, um, just him cheating on me. Like I kept hearing about it, but you tie that into me being stubborn, being controlling, thinking like, no, this relationship's going to work. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to like gonna will it to will happen. my way yeah. to this. Um, and of course, he never admitted to any cheating. Right? Um, we went through years of this over and over and over again, and it uh, it took me physically seeing it. Yeah. Like physically seeing it happen yeah. before I was like, oh, okay. well, shoot, now I can't, like, I can't say I didn't see that yeah. happening. Right. Um, it was harder to, de- to deny at that point. I couldn't deny it yeah. at that point. Yeah. Like I physically saw it. And, it, but if that had never happened, I would never have met Andy. Right. right. And mm-hmm. so I just think back to these real stories throughout my life where I was being poked and poked and poked and like, because of. My and each time though, it was painful, right? So painful. Yeah. But like for me, like my my stubbornness kind of takes over or my like commitment to be like, no, like I'm super loyal, right? Like I'm loyal. I'm going to find a way to make this work. Um, Did you feel like I, I can make him love me more? Yeah. I, I can I can fix this. I, I can, can fix this. Yeah. And I, I remember driving in the car can, one day yeah. talking to my brother and he looked at me and he's like, you know, you can't do this by yourself. Like, you are trying to will your way through this. It's not going to work. And I remember that. And it was like the combination of these things all coming together where I was like, I'm just done. And literally from that moment on, I just didn't have feelings for him anymore. Like, I could, there was no way to go back. It was like, bam, done. Yeah. And, but if I think back to that, like, if that had never happened, I would have never 
met Andy and that's like my person. Like that is who yeah. I'm absolutely oh, supposed yeah. to be with. Yeah. Um, so just an interesting example that popped in. Cause that, I mean, that was like eight years of a relationship that wasn't just like yeah. a year here that's or two years. That was a long but time. Had you listened to the nudging instead of earlier, know, the goading yeah. part, you would have saved yourself a lot of pain. Yeah. Like how many times do different, like, right. you know, 10 different people have to tell you that your boyfriend's <laughs> cheating on you. And you're right. like, nah, he said he wasn't. I'm good. <laughs> right. Were you guys ever engaged? Or? No. No. Okay. No. Okay. No. Wow. Um, but it was just, you know, even some of my closest friends were like, we're kind of done telling you this because you're just <laughs> not listening. Yeah. And it's that goat. It's that pointy stick. Poke, and poke, 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 poke. Yeah. And you're just like, nope. And you're kicking back and not. And getting hurt more yes. along the way. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And so when finally God escalated it to the point where you saw it visually harder to deny at that point. Yeah. Impossible even. Like I'm in the whale and yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. We're done here. Got it. Yeah. I will yeah. vow to make I good. surrender yeah. to you. Yeah. I We're good. I surrender to thee. Yeah. So yeah. How about you, Gina? Do you have a story? Oh, not like too many, too many even. to count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's not start down that path with me. Plenty of goading yeah. in my life. Yeah. Kicking against, mm -hmm. rebelling intentionally, mm -hmm. thinking I could change somebody, make something better, better, uh, change a situation, knowing God was asking me to do one thing and doing the complete opposite, mm -hmm. and I have done it sadly repeatedly so we'll move on yeah so point made point, point made. taken point made you're welcome got it <laughs> yeah i i so related to this too for me it's um god gave me a very clear vision a little bit different than a goad but for me he gave me a vision i i really do um, when I'm in prayer, God will give me these um, visions to see. And I saw this garden of thorns. And for me, the garden of thorns was just a simple square plot of land where I am pouring myself into planting, sowing, watering, pruning, right? All of this work into these rose bushes and all they are producing are thorns and thorns hurt you know they will you're pouring something into ultimately something that will hurt you and there's nothing good that will come of it and I'm exhausted from this you know so God is showing me the direction he wants me to go and that I can choose to stay if I want I can continue to get, you know, pricked and poked by the thorns or whatever and pour more into this. And and keep, the garden's still never going to be nothing but thorns. still going to be thorns. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that is my version of a goat is that a garden of thorns. And if you do a little bit of research about thorns in the Bible and how they're referenced and whatnot, it just really, really spoke to me. So a little bit different, but kind of along the same lines of mm -hmm. God really waiting us out patiently, right? He's going to wait, um, definition of patience, mm -hmm. but it's our choice on how we want to do that. So 
Jonah, I just... Just real I, quick, I have yeah. to say something. If you listen to our bonus episode, you mm-hmm. heard um, about Catherine's yeah. um, passion around nature. So I love that you just used a gardening and thorn oh, yes. story. Because yes. yes. all I kept thinking about, I'm like, she just has to. Yeah. Yeah. We're planting, we're out in our garden, doing our thing. Kristen and oh, I are on yeah. plane traveling. Yes. Did, this, did this happen while you were on Survivor that you yes. hit these thorns? I know, right? I know. I, it could have. It very well could I digress I'm taking us so yes so I (laughs) yes yes you are (laughs) so I also want to point out like Paul because he's the one that ultimately said this right um so I love this um I read this article uh out of Christianity Christianity Today and it references Chuck Swindoll and so He wrote this article, actually, and Chuck is saying that um, Saul's conversion could appear to us as having been a sudden encounter with Christ, right? He's on the road to Damascus. All of a sudden, this bright light appears. He falls to his knees, right? All of this. But based on the Lord's expression regarding his kicking back, I believe he'd been working on him for years, prodding and goading him. So quite likely, Saul had heard Jesus teach and preach in public places. Similar in age, they would have been contemporaries in a city Saul knew well and Jesus visited frequently. So I think that's so interesting to note that it had been going on a while, kind of back to what we were talking about, about God will escalate. It starts Mm -hmm. out with just a little bit and then getting... So he gives us every opportunity to step out. And I think eventually we start kicking back enough, enough. I got this. I got this, you know, and in Paul's case, I don't believe it was willful disobedience. I believe that it was what he thought to be willful obedience. Like I am obeying God, you know, Mm -hmm. I am doing what he he was brought up as a Pharisee. Right. Right. He thought this was the best way to serve Yahweh was to do it this way. And to, you know, his, he was very um, gifted and skilled orator. He was a Pharisee, right? Grown, brought up that way. So this was the best way to do it. Yeah. So I think he really thought he was doing that. And yet he was like, tuning out those proddings yeah. because he didn't believe that that was the best way to you do know, it. You know, Catherine, when, as you said that, I just thought, though, too, when when Jesus says to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting yeah. me? He knew who he was. He oh, yeah. Saul recognized immediately who he was. So yeah. he, pro- he probably ha- knew exactly who Jesus oh, was. Oh, for sure. That he recognized immediately yeah. when he said, yeah. Oh, Absolutely. That's a good point. So, you know, I think that that is most likely what happened. Um, And that, you know, Paul goes on to essentially say that to resist Jesus's will is an exercise in vanity, futile and pointless. So resistance to Jesus was a losing battle. So that's that's what he's saying. So similar. So again, going back to that escalation of it getting louder, going to Jonah's story, going to Paul's story, who, by the way, was then blinded for three, three days. days. So Jonah, three days in darkness, Paul, three, Paul, three days, days in, in darkness. So that was an interesting, mm-hmm. um, interesting uh, similarity. So do you guys have any experience with this? Has there been a time in your life where you felt God um, you know, escalating it, getting louder. So like you talked about actually your previous relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what that is. Yeah. 
uh, that's the example that came to mind yeah. for me where yeah. it's just, I mean, it took a little longer than three days. Yeah. Um, but um, that was something that resonated with me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that there are probably more examples in scripture for sure that point to this. But I really keep going back to how much God loves us. He loves us so much that he will not allow us to accept second best, whether that be second best spouse, second best career, second best whatever, right? Like it is something he loves us so much that he wants to make sure that we live out our best for our lives. Mm -hmm. So in order to do that, though, we have to surrender, at some point. And we have to say, you know, what? I'm done kicking the goat. I'm done with the injuries. I'm done with this. I, I'm at the end, right? Mm-hmm. I'm at the end. And you guys, I may have told this story on this podcast before, but it's one of my favorite stories. So I'm going to tell it again. So go with me on this. I love the story of the sheep in Scotland, mm-hmm. right? So when a sheep goes down the cliffs, down to a lower point where they are, um, and a sort of a runaway sheep, right? The shepherd will wait to go down to attempt to rescue the sheep for, gosh, as long as three days. So there's that mm-hmm. number again, right? But they wait for the sheep to um, get to a point where it will give in to the shepherd because they know if it goes down sooner, if he goes down immediately after it happens, or if he goes down even the next day, that sheep, as frightful as it is, will jump off that cliff to its death. So even though it's bleating, you know, for rescue, it's crying out for rescue, he won't attempt it. And it's so not ready to be it's rescued. not ready. And so talk yeah. about like mm. kicking against the goads, right? Mm. He has to wait for that sheep to be so worn down, so dehydrated, so exhausted mm. that by the time the shepherd comes down there to get him, he just falls into his arms and will allow itself to be rescued. So I love that story because that also speaks volumes to me that in my life, sometimes I have to allow myself to go through that process and kick through the goads yeah. and wear myself down before I'm open, ready, and willing. I have to be inside the fish, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, in darkness before I'm willing and able to to give in. And, you know, I think why I could stop at any time or, you know, we as believers could not take it to that level. So mm-hmm. why do we put ourselves through that? Well, that's a mystery. <laughs> why would we unnecessarily suffer? Yeah. You know, why? Why? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't I have think, that answer. Yeah. If I look back to my example, I didn't realize I was suffering. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, like, in the sheep example, um, I think to choose death over following someone that you know is helping you like that's not a like logical thought process Mm -hmm. and so I think that sometimes um there's a thought of like maybe we fall more in the bucket of Paul where it's like no I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing right Mm -hmm. like I'm persevering I'm giving it my all I'm um you know trying to make something work or I don't know what a sheep would be thinking in that situation, but like choosing your own death over going towards someone that's helping you. Like there's no logic in Mm -hmm. that. 
Um, and so there's just gotta be some sort of disconnect between like what your heart and brain are trying to communicate. Yeah. 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 I think sometimes, even if it doesn't make sense, you know, we stick to it. We're committed to something that is nonsensical. Yeah. Yeah. Because we want it to happen. It's a fear of admitting we made the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Or we have to abandon, in Some your case, pride in that. Kristen, like, you know, abandoning your dream of, I'm going to marry this person. I'm yeah. going to be with this what person. You thought. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? That's not going to happen now. Mm-hmm. And so it's that painful acceptance of, you know, yeah. that's it. It's done. Yeah. And, like and you know what, though? It's always, and our, our pastor just said it this Sunday. Always following obedience is the blessing. Mm. The blessing follows obedience every time. Mm-hmm. You got Andy when you were finally done and yep. you, you know, were obedient. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever situations with Jonah, with Paul. Right, right. You know, finally, after the obedience, whatever mm-hmm. that takes, yeah. then God ends up with giving us a blessing. Right. Well, so much yeah. of that, too, is like valuing the blessing as mm-hmm. a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you, you've got to have the low point in order to like really appreciate the high yeah. point. Right. Yeah. And like you can go as low as you need to go in order to really appreciate yeah. what's to come. Mm-hmm. But you, have but you don't know the, what's to come yet, right? So that's right. what's hard. Like you have to have that valley to appreciate the peak. For sure. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to walk through the valley and be familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So God will allow us to experience what is needed as part of the goad to redirect us towards surrender. So whether that's darkness, loneliness, confusion, failure, exhaustion, however we define it, mm-hmm. right? Um, but... I know that I'm not alone. I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, there are many people that are just going to double down on this and, you <laughs> yeah. know, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so I'm thankful that God doesn't give up on us. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's enough. That's enough prodding. We'll just let him, you know, sit in darkness or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. He's faithful and he continues, continues to pursue us. And I love, love that. So once we're finally at surrender, right, and we're Mm -hmm. saying, I will make good on my vow, um, you know, that salvation comes from the Lord. Once we recognize that, then what does surrender look like in terms of, um, like, what are its qualities, right? So I kind of broke it down. And I thought, after so long, when we are fighting, like a fight we just cannot win. And it just seems normal to fight, even if we're not winning. It's just normal to kick at the goad, sustain mm-hmm. the injury, right? And then the next day, repeat. Yeah. So signs of surrender then might look like peace after the fight. Rest, joy, calm, acceptance, and trust. Trust that God has me, trust that God will provide and to um, direct me and show me where to go. So I love that because not only do we know what it's like and and recognize the fight, but we need to know enough and recognize when we're ready to surrender Mm -hmm. and then to really embrace, take it in and appreciate what surrender looks like after the long fight. Mm -hmm. I think it's also... Um, a lesson too that they that tool that goad was used mm-hmm. at first in a way to just direct 
we can yeah turn it into a weapon yeah but yeah. it doesn't have to go that far right we can choose to surrender far before yeah instead of kicking against the goad that's right it's kind of like you know to get to your rock bottom let's say mm-hmm. you're on an elevator you can get off on any floor right you don't have to go all the way to the bottom so why do we do that you know it just so crazy so crazy to me, but I'm thankful for this analogy. I'm thankful for these scriptural stories and examples. Mm-hmm. And I hope it's been helpful to you all listening today. And um, I hope that you will not kick against the goads like some of us have. <laughs> and those that annoying you, goads. Yes, those <laughs> annoying goads. Yeah, I almost want to like, uh, bah. No, uh, no, that's a sheep. A goat. What what sound does a goat make? I don't no know. idea. No okay. idea. See, and I do goat yoga. I should know this. <laughs> goat yoga. Yeah, goat yoga. <laughs> I'm never going to call it the same. Okay, enough bad jokes. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to check out reboundingfaith.com and like and subscribe on Instagram and Facebook. And we will see you next week. Have a great week. God bless. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Come and join us next week and be sure to like and subscribe to Rebounding Faith.